Adam Crowley Show. I've never felt so alive until now. On ESPN Pittsburgh and the iHeartRadio app. You found the Crowley Show. Well, your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call, or you can join the cast of dozens. Follow me on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian LaMartina sitting across from me. Shirtless Tom behind the glass. Check them out on Twitter, at FBomber73, at ButtonPusher970. Tell your kids. Tell your wife. We're doing radio up in here. The station across the street was having a weird conversation this morning about whether Drew Brees is better than Ben Roethlisberger or not. Which quarterback would you rather have? Yeah, I don't think there's any need to ask that question. It's clearly Ben, right? The only reason the question gets asked is because we're in Pittsburgh. Because nobody else with a brain around the country thinks those two are in the same conversation. Ben's a great player. He will be in the Hall of Fame. It doesn't mean, though, that he's one of the all-time greats. I think Drew Brees fits in the all-time great conversation. In 2011, this is nuts, Drew Brees had a 71% completion percentage. Ugh! Threw for 5,400 yards. Ugh! 46 touchdowns. And a quarterback rating of 110. Ben's best year, he had a quarterback rating of 104 with 32 touchdowns. It's not the same! Let's rank the best touchdown seasons. I had fun with statistics today. For Ben, if you're ranking them in order, it goes 32, 32, 29, 28, 28, 26, 26. Good numbers. (laughs) With Breeze, it's 46, 43, 39, 37, 34, 34, 33, 33. Breeze has eight seasons with more touchdown passes than Ben's best touchdown season. Mike dropped. I mean, how do you have a conversation? How do you make that a topic? How do you do that for more than... How long did I just do that for? Three minutes and ten seconds! Well, numbers don't mean everything, Crowley. No, they don't. When comparing quarterbacks of different eras, they don't. But these two quarterbacks played in the same era. These two quarterbacks played at the same time. These two quarterbacks had the same prime. So... To say the numbers wouldn't matter is obsolete. Well, Ben's won two championships. Yes, and Ben was great in route to Super Bowl 40. He also had the worst quarterback rating ever for a quarterback to win a Super Bowl that year. And you know what helped him? A stanking good defense with Joey Porter biting the leg off of Peyton Manning. Ben Roethlisberger's numbers in 2008 weren't that great either. Now, again, he's a great player, a Hall of Fame player. But it was one of the best defenses I've ever laid my two eyes on, and if they don't have a great defense, if they had this defense, that offense was nowhere near as good as it would have needed to be, right? So to compare the two is just asinine. It's ridiculous. And Breeze has also dealt with far less good defenses in his career. Ben's a winner. He makes plays. He's been somewhat unconventional. He's a Hall of Famer. But Breeze is a better pure quarterback. And you want to talk about unconventional? He's short and has a weird birthmark on his face. So he's unconventional, too. We're doing our burning questions coming up in 
35 minutes here on the show. I'll give you a sneak peek at one of them. Who had a weirder birthmark? Drew Brees or Cordell Stewart? And did Brees cut his off? Because it still looks like it's there, but it doesn't look like it's raised. It used to be raised. No, I think it's just lighting. Okay. I, I, I was staring at it a lot today. Like early morning, I wake up and I was like, like scientifically like examining this thing. Because I came to a conclusion. It looks like New Jersey? It, it does look like a state, yes. And this has nothing to do with the birthmark, but I hate Drew Brees' face. Damn it. I, sorry, I didn't mean to I do that. I spit water all over the wall. I hate Drew Brees' face. I like Drew Brees, though. Like, Drew Brees as a quarterback and a guy, pretty good dude. Great quarterback. Just hate his face. He's Come got on. a very prickish, punchable face. It's a very punchable face. It's soaking wet over here. You, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to like say that in the middle of you drinking. I mean, I should know better than that by now. It's the second time you've done that to me. First time cannot be said on air. Am I wrong, though? That's a hateable no, face, No, it's a hateable right? face. It's yeah. easily punchable face. Yeah. I think his face, Matt Ryan's face, and Eli Manning's face are all yes. so punchable. Yes. Oh, my gosh. If you like made a game like a whack-a-mole game with their little faces popping out, I'd win every time. I'd be whacking the hell out of them just because it feels good. It feels good to whack it? Well, that, too. There's also this. Actually, before I move on, Tom, is there anything you need to add to the Drew Brees conversation? No, I just think nothing captures Drew Brees' career more than the fact that he had to go up on his tippy toes to make the pass that broke the record <laughs> last night. I don't know if you noticed that, but he literally, to get the ball out, he had to jump up on his tippy toes a little bit and just be like, eh, and muscle it out to the wide receiver. Broke the record. Oh, uh, Okay, so now we're here, we're telling Drew Brees stories. Did it? Did it? If you were on the other team last night and that happened in the middle of the game, and you're playing Drew Brees, and they break down before halftime into that celebration, wife and kids on the field, hot wife, by the way, wife oh, and yeah. kids on the field, everything's going crazy, and you've got to stop your game. You've got to get out of your momentum. See, I mean, as a player on the other sideline, I'd be like, no, save that for after the game. It, I don't have time for this right now. It was the Washington Redskins on Columbus Day. They did not have a set. Drew Brees and the Saints were marching in, and they were going to do whatever the hell they wanted to on their land. Oh, no. There's something so the religious. The religious folks came in and shut down the Indians on Columbus Day. Awesome. That's exactly what happened. Woo, society. I like Drew Brees. I think he's a great story because he's five foot ten. I would be pissed off at the Redskins, by the way. But I think it's a great story because he's a little guy. And he runs off and he says, kids, you can do everything you want to do in this world. You can't really, though. I mean, it's nice to him. <laughs> it's nice to him to lie. Like, let's be honest. His kids are going to be nowhere near the kind of talent that Drew Brees no, has. Nowhere near. No, the only time that that's happened in the history of football has been with a former New Orleans Saints quarterback at Archie. But it ain't going to happen again. And that only worked out with one of them. Exactly. <laughs> and how how tall was his wife? Not very tall. So those kids, they're going to be like five foot seven. Maybe they can play wide receiver for the Patriots one day. No, his kids are fully grown. <laughs> Little Drew, <laughs> Drew Jr. is actually 19 years old. <laughs> oh, boy. Here's the thing I wanted to get to before Tom contributed nothing. Don't mess up your quarterback situation or you're boned forever. I know that this is... 
commonplace. Like we all know that this is the case, but the Dolphins brought Drew Brees in for a visit after his labrum surgery. Whenever the Rams, not the Rams, the Chargers, I'm getting all confused with Los Angeles and San Diego. The Chargers had Rivers. I said, okay, we're going to let go of Breeze. The Dolphins brought him in for a physical, and they weren't comfortable giving that kind of money to a 27-year-old quarterback who might never regain the health the way that they wanted to. Nick Saban was the head coach at the time, and he traded a second-round pick for Dante Culpepper instead. Now, it gets funnier. Culpepper went one in three in his four starts in Miami with two touchdowns and three interceptions, 900 some odd yards. Drew Brees in New Orleans has thrown 419 touchdowns for almost 60,000 yards and a quarterback rating of 110. Whoops. Good choice, Dolphins. Way to go. Imagine if he had gone there, though. Would Nick Saban be a college coach today? Would Nick Saban have Alabama being the juggernaut that they are if Drew Brees is the Dolphins quarterback? The ripples. Oh, Space-time continuum would be all messed up. It would be. Other teams would be winning national championships in football. Not West Virginia, though. Stop. They cut me off at the pass. Yeah, I sure did. If Drew Brees and Nick Saban, though, were together in the NFL, forget about the college game. What can they do in the league? I mean, you could build around Drew Brees in Miami, and you can get big-time free agents to come there. They already have. I think that you become a legitimate powerhouse. I think you win at least the Super Bowl that you won in New Orleans. It's a lot harder to get players to go down to New Orleans than it is to go to Miami. Now, I'm happy it wound up the way it did because, holy bleep, holy cheese and crackers, Batman, did New Orleans need the Saints? I mean, I think we all remember that punt block that they had on Monday Night Football after the Superdome opened. Like, they needed the Saints. Go, go Tiger. Go Saints. Like, they needed that. Everything changes. Everything changes. And, I mean, there's so many other things that could have happened, too. Philip Rivers, if he's drafted by, if he stays with the Giants instead of being traded to the, or pardon me, if Eli stays with the Chargers instead of being traded to New York, the Chargers are probably never good. <laughs> and Philip Rivers probably wins multiple Super Bowls. So many ripple effects. So much butterfly effect. I mean, what do the Patri- how do the Patriots play out? Because right? that's a badass team. Does that change the course of their history? Are they not as dominant as they are? And then, does that Miami Dolphin strength coach not do cocaine out of a stripper's butt? Does Le'Veon Bell sign on time? Well, just, that's too, well, yeah, I mean, that's that's just too crazy. far. I mean, yeah, you're crazy. That's yeah, a little too that's much. like back to the future four writing. I put this tweet out at underscore Adam Crowley. Have you ever thrown anything in a fit of rage? 88% of you say yes, 12% of you say no. Good for the 12%. And 12% are lying. They're all lying. <laughs> Allison says, it was small. I threw it at something so soft it wouldn't break. You don't count. Randy Slack, friend in real life, friend of the show, says, I threw a thing of Rally's fries once. I don't know what a Rally's fry is, but it's kind of like throwing a cheesesteak. 
Why did you throw the cheesesteak? I don't know. You don't remember? I could not tell you. And you, you did you hit her dead on like in the face? With she the was chagrined. Steak? Yes. You, you, you hit your future wife dead in the face with a cheesesteak. And I was only the second most embarrassing person at the party. Their best friend's Whoa. brother was so drunk he fell, busted his head off a curb. I was more embarrassing. <laughs> Dallas tweets: I threw it to the old lady one time out of anger. Now I have a ten-month-old. Jesus, Dallas. Oh. I'm not screening these before I read them. First of all, if you call her your old lady, you're throwing stuff at her. <laughs> Austin says, during a Steelers game, I threw a phone, shoe, cup, remote, wait for it, small push mower. What was I, I imagine most people within Pittsburgh have thrown something over a Steelers game or a Penguin, Penguins game. I've thrown my hat down during West Virginia football games, but I did it like twice and it was super embarrassing, so I stopped. Now I just throw beers down my gullet. Yeah, well, if you're alone, like you can throw stuff easily. Like, yeah, it's when people see it. it yes. it's a bad look. It it's really a terrible is. look. My friend in college does it all the time. But let's be honest, it kind of does feel better. Oh, that looks like, it, it is a nice. They tell look. you to scream into a pillow. I say no. Throw a table out of your 14th story balcony. <laughs> Rob says, "Yeah, usually in the fall between one and four on most Sundays." Yeah, I hear that. <laughs> Coming up next. Hmm. I had it planned to be Brian Metzer, but he never texted me back. Mm -mm. So it's not going to be that. And I forgot to create content, but I'll tell you what's coming up. The Steelers have one thing that can be a constant for them moving forward, and they need to realize it, that it is their strength. I'll explain more concisely and better next Crowley show. This has nothing to do with the birthmark, but I hate Drew Brees' face. Damn it. I, sorry, I didn't mean to I do that. I spit water all over the wall. I hate Drew Brees' face. I like Drew Brees, though. Like, Drew Brees as a quarterback and a guy, pretty good dude. Great quarterback. Just hate his face. Damn it, I don't know what it is about your face, but I want to deliver one of these right in your suck hole. Is there anything I can do to work on that? No, so you not wouldn't... really. It's your face. And I, again, you know, you're doing great, man. This is the Kettling Wine. Yeah. We're all having a great time. Everybody's having fun. You pulled it off. All right. But if you don't change your face, I'm going to change it for you. Okay. Okay. All I can do is take that in, consider it, and I'll just try to do my best version of whatever I think that would be. I, I don't even hear what you're saying right now because your face okay. is driving me okay. nuts. Thanks. He wouldn't shut up, so we gave him a talk show. Sometimes I'll start a sentence, and I don't even know where it's going. I just hope I find it along the way. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Were you trying to get crazy with this, see? Don't you know I'm local? <laughs> Burning questions coming up in 19 minutes here on the Crowley Show. It's my favorite segment of the week now. Brian loves it. Tom loves it. The listeners, the split. <laughs> I think they kind of hate it, honestly, but that makes me love it more. I'm having fun. Yeah, we're me doing too. it for us. I mean, that's what it's all about. Listener, schmissner. Doesn't feel like a radio show. Feels like fun. Woo. All about the fun. Steelers had fun on Sunday. Your transitions are amazing. They are. Especially when you bring them up after I do them. I mean, it makes it that much better. I mean, highlighting a big part of the show. A lot of highlights the Steelers put out there on Sunday. Nice transition. It's even better if you point it out, Tom. Thank you. They did something they haven't done all season long. 
And it's they found something that works and they stuck the frig with it. I brought this up a little bit on the show yesterday. Randy Feetner takes over for Todd Haley. R.I.P. Nikki Haley, by the way. And he says, I got this Switzer guy. He's a little odd. A.B.'s the best in the game. Juju Smith-Schuster's really good. James Washington, he can get down the field, we think. Vance McDonald's a stud. Jesse James, he had 169 nice yards one game. And I think he comes in and he thinks, I can tinker, 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 tinker. I can do whatever I want with this offense, and we can put a whole bunch of points on the board. I'm going to look like a real smart guy. It's either that or there's so many different options out there, he doesn't necessarily know what to make the focal point of the offense. Well, I got a solution for you right now, Randy. Make the offensive line the focal point of the offense. The best teams in the National Football League can beat you multiple ways, but the teams that aren't good that are searching for an identity need to find one thing to stick to, and they need to branch off of that. And these Pittsburgh Steelers need to branch off of how good their offensive line is. Alejandro Villanueva is not a great football player, but he's good. Ramon Foster is not a great football player, but he's good. Marquise Pouncey is a great football player. David DeCastro is a great football player. Marcus Gilbert is a Pro Bowl-type football player. Run the ball off that right side. Shove it down other teams' throats. And then build off of it. Utilize the play-action game. Coming into this last game, the Steelers used play action less than any team by percentage-wise in the National Football League. I don't get it. Last year, it was the same thing. Last year, they barely used play action. Now, I'm guessing it's because Ben Roethlisberger probably didn't like it all that much. Your back's turned to the defense. When you turn back around, stunningly, all the defensive players are in a different spot. Maybe he didn't love that, but it works. Matt Ryan is one of the best play-action quarterbacks in the entire league, and two years ago, they used that to their advantage, and they averaged more than three points a drive. One of the best offenses we've ever seen. They averaged 36 points a game. Play-action matters. Run the football. Establish that you can do one thing, and then use it to affect your passing game, and then... By playing from ahead, use that to allow the defense to then become better. It all builds off of one thing. And you walk into that room and you think, we've got this guy, that guy, this guy, that guy, this guy, that guy. No. You win in the trenches. I've aged 45 years since the last segment. You win in the trenches. You win with the big dudes up front. Mike Tomlin mentioned it in the press conference today. We won both lines of scrimmage. Well, when you win on the offensive line of scrimmage and you can establish the, the run, you can control the clock. You can get ahead. And if you do that, then the defensive trenches are easier to be won because you're pinning your ears back and you're getting after the quarterback. Find one thing, do it well, and stick to it. Stan Savin's a really good storyteller. I imagine that whenever he does a radio show, he thinks, I'm going to find some stories to throw in there. And then you branch the rest of the show off of it. Mark Madden's really good at telling people that they can eat a bleep. So he finds a take where he can get people to call up so he can tell them to eat a bleep, and then everything else comes after that. Colin Cowherd finds an analogy. Well, the economics, well, they're crashing in Cuba right now, so that means that such and such isn't a great football player. That's what he does, and then he branches the rest of the show off of that. You find one thing that you're good at, and you stick with it, and then you can make the rest of your show better. You can make the rest of your game easier. 
you find one thing. Steelers have that in the offensive line. And they're not just great in the run game either. They're really good in pass protection. And that is helped by being able to run the football and by play action. But they're good at blocking against the pass rush now. Think about the last two weeks. Ben Roethlisberger's been hit six times, been sacked once. Two weeks against Baltimore and against Atlanta. And both defenses can get after the quarterback. Everything else that Atlanta does is bad. They've got a small front. They don't have good linebackers. The secondary's pus. It's all due to injury. Grady Jarrett's their best player on the interior of that defensive line. He's not playing in the football game. So, you should be able to maul those guys, right? But they get after the quarterback because they're built on the speed rush. They play that wide nine, and yet the Steelers' defense or the Steelers' offensive line said, "No, I'm not touching Ben today, mother bleepers." Hey, Baltimore, I know you got a good defense. I know you get after the quarterback. You're not touching Ben today. And maybe we've been looking all wrong at the 2018 Pittsburgh Steelers. We talk about the Wi-Fi connection between Ben and Brown. We talk about the communication issues on the defensive side. You talk about how bad the linebackers are. Maybe a reason the Steelers haven't looked like the Steelers until this past Sunday is because the offensive line wasn't healthy, and then when they got healthy, they just needed a minute to figure things out. Maybe that's as simple as it gets. Maybe you find the thing that you're best at, and when you're not able to be good at that one thing, well, then everything else falls apart. You got Matt Filer playing right tackle. You got B.J. Finney playing right guard. It shouldn't surprise all of us that they're not able to run the ball as effectively. You had Ramon Foster out coming into the season throughout training camp, so you're not playing with your starting five. They all get healthy. The continuity grows back together, and all of a sudden the Steelers are able to run the football and Ben Roethlisberger's not getting touched. That's the recipe for success. That's how you win. 412-922-2874. Seth says he's thrown things before when he's been mad. Off a balcony with no regard to what's below. I see what you did there. If I'm AB and I'm on social media, and he always is, he's probably listening to the show right now, tweeting about it. I'm copying Seth's tweet. And I'm saying that's the mofo who was throwing stuff out the 14th story balcony. I'm pinning it on this Seth guy. Deflect. Damn right. Jeff says, I once threw a book bag filled with books through a double pane window. Hmm. Follow up. Why? We need the why there, yeah. Yeah, there's a big hit. There's big hole a lot there. of reasons there. This guy's old, right? Like, why do you have book bag anymore? Seriously. Can't throw Microsoft Word through a double pane window. <laughs> why am I? Why am I thinking he attacked a whole family? Like the family was in there and they're hanging out, just watching Sunday morning cartoons, and this dude comes in, book bag, all of a sudden comes flying through the window. He just attacks his poor family. Awful. You slept with my wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he was he had a book bag, so he's in high school and married. It's funny that he brings the book bag thing up. Because I've thrown two book bags in my life. One, I found out that my buddy Dan was holding my girlfriend's hand. No. Yeah, dude. You should have thrown Dan's head into a dumpster. Yeah. Dan was bigger than me in a renegade, so no. Never mind. But I grabbed his book bag and I threw it across the lunchroom. And then did you run? Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
That I look tough though. Amy was like, I ain't ever holding his hand again. Next time that happens, make sure you attack his family on a Sunday morning when they're watching cartoons. You held my girlfriend's <laughs> hand. <laughs> Car peels away. <laughs> the other time I threw a book bag wasn't in rage, but it was a prank, and it was so mean. There's a kid who worked for our radio station in college. His name was Josh Cooper. Great kid. Became one of my really good friends. But he's kind of dorky, and I was super cool, of course. And he always carried around a little briefcase oh, no. with his computer in it, right? Crowley was a bullet. What's changed? So he went in to do his sports cast. I took his computer out of his little book bag briefcase thing. It was a hybrid book bag briefcase. I hid the computer. I put a textbook in there. Oh. So when he comes out, I go, I got your book bag. He's like, that's not funny, man. I throw it across the room. It lands, makes a hilarious sound because there's a textbook oh, in it. Oh, no. <laughs> he cried. No, he didn't. He cried. Did he? He did. That's a great prank, though. It was a tremendous I'm gonna prank. I'm going to come on your side on that one. It's a great prank until the dude cries. Is it, though? Well, why is, it, why is the dude crying? Honestly, That's what I'm you're saying. in college. It's kind of on him. Never mind. Great prank. Great prank. I had a friend pee on my MacBook Pro in college because he thought it was a urinal. Not a great prank. They look alike. I wanted to cry. Yeah, but you didn't. He thought I ruined his computer. He cried. I kind of get it. But years later, last year, we were at the reunion, and we're talking about this, and he's like, upon further review, it's hilarious. It was the beginning of a budding relationship. <laughs> Jeffrey now has the follow-up here to the book bag. Oh, okay. I was ticked off in high school. I know you were ticked yeah, off, Jeffrey! You have the premise of the question! Like, that is not enough detail still. Okay, you were We surmised off. that. Still, I think you went in and killed a family on a Sunday morning watching cartoons. Right through the window. <laughs> You gotta give us a little bit more, Jeffrey. Why were you ticked off in high school? What was in the book bag? Well, what were the pane glass windows? Adam, someone upset me. We got that. <laughs> I mean, I didn't throw my buddy's book bag across the floor because I was mad. I threw my buddy's book bag across the floor because I was mad that he was touching my girlfriend's hand. See, now I'm upset because we've spent so much time on this guy's saga here. Like, this better be good, dude. Like, you better have been pissed off for a real good reason. I got a B minus on my test. <laughs> yes. If it's if that's all it was, <laughs> I'm upset. I can't learn anything or surmise anything about Jeffrey through his Twitter account because he doesn't have an avatar. Mm. Got this one from Nick. I know Josh. I worked with him in Wheeling for two years. Nicest dude ever. Who's Josh? <laughs> the nicest dude ever. I love our Wheeling listeners. <laughs> Here's the thing. You ever punch anything out of rage? Yes. Because I want to punch that guy right now. Or Drew Brees' face. Yeah, either one right, right now would make me feel better. Jeffrey tweets, he's back. All right. Come I was on, pissed Jeff. off having to pick it up. What? Now he's just effing with us, right? 412-922-2874. If you've thrown anything in rage like Antonio Brown did after his $80,000 in handgun were stolen, we're well, going to need you to call up and give us some details. I want to throw Jeffrey in a fit of rage. 412-922-2874. Right through a plate glass window. I want to throw him. You know what would happen? With our luck, 
in our sickness, the way things have been going around here, you're going to throw Jeffrey Scott through a, play, a pane glass window and he's going to land on Josh, the nicest guy I'll ever, ever lot. I know Josh. I really wish I didn't stutter there. Coming up next, the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined, Burning Questions Edition. It's a slappy Crowley show. Adam Crowley. I'm pumped, man. How pumped? I'm ready to go. How pumped? You I'm tell ready me to go. Right now, right now. How pumped you are. Right now, let's go. You tell me. You tell her how pumped you are. All right, let's go right now, right here. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. I've been taking so much cough medicine lately, you should call me Jamarcus Russell. And this song is making me get down. You feeling eerie from the cough medicine. Oh, I'm robo-tripping, baby! Robo-tripping? You know buddies who did that? The robo-trip thing? Yeah, yeah one buddies. of my best friends in college did that. Yeah, buddies. Yeah, was our, all of our friends tried that? Yeah, that was buddies That was it? Yeah. You can get robo-tussing, it's a lot harder to buy than a gun. It is. You need an ID for that stuff. You That's do. A fact. <laughs> yeah. And it's because of me and my stupid friends and you and your stupid friends and you and your stupid friends in high school who couldn't break into their parents' liquor cabinet, but were like, I'm going to take an extra dose of Robitussin tonight. Yeah. Stuff is awesome. Kids, don't do that. No, please don't. But it's awesome. But when the outcast starts <laughs> rolling and I'm rolling, man, I'm feeling good up in here. I'm tripping by accident is what happened. Uh, that's why you don't take the NyQuil during the day. I take DayQuil at night, NyQuil during the day. <laughs> nice. I am a big proponent, though. I think if you make it through the sleep on NyQuil, hell of a buzz. It is. <laughs> I mean, it's nice. And it made me once walk through the four pit tunnel. Oh, no. You guys ever see... Perks of being a wallflower? No. Well, there's a scene where Emma Watson is standing in the back of a pickup truck, blasting through the tunnel, Fort Pitt. And right after I saw the movie, I was like, oh, I got to do that, but I want to walk through the tunnel. Bad idea. This is why you don't watch movies. I love Perks of being a wallflower. Tremendous book. And Emma Watson, sign me up for anything she's in. She's great. Ten points to Gryffindor. Tom, what time is it? And now it's time for the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by To Be Determined. Burning question edition. Burning question number one. Oh, hot, 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 hot. Hot, 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 hot. If Jason Garrett's member was as big as Dak Prescott's, the Cowboys would have won on Sunday, yes? Yes. And they would also be 5-0. and I mean, you got to have some sack in that situation. Dak's got sack. Garrett, no sack. In fact, I think if you saw where the ball was spotted, 
and Dak Prescott was actually taking the snap from under center, the distance between the ball and the first down marker is shorter than the distance from, well, one end to the other, if you catch my drift. Burning question number two. Oh, hot, 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 Adrian Peterson says he's the best running back in the league. Would he even be the best back in the CFL or college right now? That's a definitive no, and he must be robo-tripping. James Conner should get his touches. He's not even as good as James Conner right now, right? No, no, not even close. So he's not even close to as good as James Conner, who's not even close to as good as Le'Veon Bell, who I'm guessing when he comes back isn't going to be as close to being as good as Todd Gurley. So no, you're not the best running back in the league. Burning question number three. Who did the facial growth better, Cordell Stewart or Drew Brees? Drew Brees. Racist. Whoa. I'm woke. Cordell Stewart. There you go. Racist. Do you think that Cordell slashed it off? Probably did it like a breeze. Burning (laughs) question number four. Oh, hot, 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 hot. We're going to find this out tomorrow because we're going to go out on a football field and kick some balls. Crosby missed kicks in the 30 to 39 range, two in the 40 to 49 range, one from 50 plus, plus an extra point. The question, could you have made one of those kicks? I think I could have made one. I'm pretty confident in that. Yeah. Are we talking under pressure or are we talking open field? Yeah, is there a rush coming into my face? No, and there's not a special teams unit trying to block it either. Then perfect. I can definitely make one. I'm hitting all of them. I call BS to that one, Brian. I bet you we can all tomorrow, if we're going to take 100 reps each, we're, we're going to start hitting some extra points, no doubt. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, I think I got a 40-yarder in I me. I think I got a 50-yarder in me. I think I got a 51-yarder in me. I got a 52-yarder in me. (laughs) Sounds like that hurts. Burning question number five. Oh, hot, 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 hot. Hot, 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 hot. You have to be a fan of one AFC North team the rest of the season. Which one do you take? The Browns. Give me Baker Mayfield, baby. That's the only wrong answer. What do you mean? They're exciting. It's exhilarating. From now till the end of the year. Yeah, give me the Browns. No further than that. Yeah, I want the Browns. They're not making the playoffs. That's what you think. They're in the same position the Steelers are. Spoiler alert, they're probably not making it either. You know what? You asked me, and I picked the Browns. (laughs) But that was the wrong answer. No, there is no wrong answer. Brian? I can't pick the Steelers? You can I can? Bengals. They're four and one. <laughs> They're in the driver's yeah. seat. Go with Johnny come lately. I'm picking the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ew. I mean, it's obvious. They're 2-2-1. Two, two, and one. They just played their best football game of the season. They're going to go do what they always do against Cincinnati. They're going to shove it down their throats, Dak Prescott style. They're going to come away after the bye week, beat the Browns, and be leading the division again by Christmas. Burn in question number six. Oh, hot, 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 hot. Is Blake Bortles 
as bad as Pat Mahomes is good. I don't understand the question because Blake Bortles isn't bad. I will answer that with a sometimes. Oh, boy. That is the only answer, right? Yeah. Blake Bortles threw the ball 60 times on Sunday. <laughs> I was giggling. I mean, why? <laughs> I know they're behind, but yikes. Their running back situation's all messed up right now. Uh, it's about to work out eventually, right? Just keep throwing. Just keep throwing. He sucks so bad, we're going to see if he can throw his way out of it. Throw, Forrest, throw! Eventually, he'll hit a receiver, right? If he throws enough times, one of them will land in a receiver's something. hands. Yes! <laughs> Pat Mahomes was as bad as we've seen Pat Mahomes this season, this weekend. Really? And Pat Mahomes still led them to a victory in decisive fashion. So Blake Bortles is really bad, but he's not bad enough to be compared to how good Pat Mahomes is. For example, I think if you're looking for a quarterback who's that bad, you got to go to Nathan Peterman. Formerly of the Pitt Panthers. Freaking Peterman. Who in his career has thrown a bunch of picks. I used to have the stat. I thought I could get to it in my head, but I couldn't. Burn! And question number seven. Oh, hot, 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 hot. Hot, 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 hot. Should the Giants let Odell throw it more than once a game? I think Odell should just take over at quarterback. Yep. They got a good wide receiving core around him. They can afford to lose his wide receiver output if it brings that quarterback play to the table. Yeah, air it out. If Eli threw that pass to Saquon. Oh, my God. Hmm. Incomplete. No, it's going into the end zone, but the other end zone. <laughs> oh, he's getting sack fumbled. Pick six. <laughs> I thought you meant he was throwing it backwards. That could possibly happen. <laughs> Eli's the kind of guy that could get sacked, but like get out of it and spin around, and then be like, oh, and think he's facing the right end zone and just throw it in the wrong one. <laughs> Burn! In question number seven. Oh, hot, 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 hot! Hot, 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 hot! The Rams, the Chiefs, the Saints are good. Is any other team. Yeah, the Patriots. The Rams, the Chiefs, the Saints, and the Patriots are good. Are any other teams? No. Wait. No. The Eagles are two and three. Eh. The Vikings are two, two and one. The Steelers, who we all thought would be good, are two, two and one. Jacksonville has Blake Bortles. They're three and two. The Titans, who look like they should be four and one, fall to three and two. Everyone loved the Chargers coming in. They're not that great. Atlanta was a Super Bowl contender. They're one and four. I concur, gentlemen. Wait, Miami's good. No, never mind. They were. Oh, are the Bengals good? No. Wait, uh, no. What a no. Chargers are all no. Are the Bills good? Yeah. They're real good at are the, sucking. Are the Bills the worst team in the NFL one week and then the best team in the NFL the other week? They stomped the Vikings. They beat the Titans. At their own game, no less. Defensive football, 13-12. to 12. Well, that leads me to burning question number eight. Oh, hot, 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 hot. 
Hot, 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 hot. The quarterbacks combined for 209 yards in Bills Titans. Should both teams have been charged with the loss? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Maybe two. <laughs> yes. Burning question number nine. Oh, hot, 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 hot. Hot, 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 hot. This might be my favorite question. Hmm. If the Grudens switch teams, <laughs> if you take Jay and put him on the Raiders, and you take John and put him with the Redskins, and then the team's played, I think the Raiders would win that game, right? I think the Raiders would the win Raiders that game, The Raiders went too. hands down, yeah. The Raiders might be All a playoff team off. with the other Gruden. <laughs> yeah. And the Redskins would beat the Redskins with the other Gruden. That was the great unsponsored football segment. Filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by To Be Determined Burning Questions Edition. We do it every... Oh, hot, 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 hot. Hot, 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 hot. Seriously, though? Tuesday at 540. Native Americans would have loved to get their hands on Gruden's hair. <laughs> One of the out loud thoughts I have. It's like pre-scalped. Yeah, you wouldn't even have to scalp him. No, it's like already scalped. It's more like a snip. They'd happen upon him and just be like, oh, this guy's already done. We, we got to move on. Yeah. We don't. Sorry. We don't scalp comb over. Oh, no. <laughs> Is that bad? We're punting. Now we move on. We're punting. What? Brian's making, or Tom's making the hand signals. Get out of it. Get out of it. You can't do Indian voice. You can't. Uh, punt. Punt. My bad. Get my out. Bad. Get it. Punt it. Sorry. I guess, you know what, though? If you can call a team the Redskins. Yeah. I mean, how is that not possible? I don't think you need to do anything to get John Gruden's hair to come off. I think it comes off with all the colors of the wind. Coming up next, Jim Wexel from SteelCityInsider.net. Call him man with funny hair. It's a crowd show.